Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Group Therapy. I am Mary. On this episode, we will be hosting specialist clinical psychologist Tatiana Bernard. After she studied PDR in Bahçeşehir University, she went to London to become a specialist about eating disorders. Then she finished her studies by becoming a, becoming a, a clinical psychologist in Istanbul. And also, she is a part of the group therapy. She is the co-therapist of our professor. Let's get started. Hi, Tatiana. How are you today? Hi, thank you. I'm, I'm quite well. How are you? I am fine too. Thank you so much for asking. Today, we will be talking about eating disorders, which is obviously the main topic of our podcast and also your profession. Um, mm-hmm. I want to start with asking you, what was the thing you got you interested and kept you going when it comes to eating disorders? I mean, what made you choose this way? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a complicated story because a lot of things kind of play a part in it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I would have to say, well, my interest in psychology kind of came from mm-hmm. uh, wanting to understand myself. Uh, because I don't know I like everyone else I went through uh, some things and I think I had trouble kind of um, understanding myself understanding the way that I feel and all of these Mm -hmm. things and that's why I kind of went into psychology to be to have a better understanding Um, other than that the eating disorders parts I think it's also related to there were a lot of people around me that had eating disorders Mm. and seeing that it was always I was very curious about it and just um, like disordered eating is everywhere and I myself struggled with disordered eating for a very long time Mm -hmm. Uh, I went through phases of like trying to eat like excessively healthy at times where I would gain weight a lot through emotional eating and everything and so I wanted something where I could kind of combine nutrition and uh just psychology and when I saw this program at UCL on eating Mm -hmm. disorders I was like yes this program is for me oh okay all right so what are these disordered eating behaviors just like you mentioned um so we can think of disordered eating and eating disorders as like a spectrum we're at the end bit like and what at one end there is eating disorders which are the disorders that you see like diagnostically and then at the other end of the spectrum you can see disordered eating which is basically so common that according to some statistics 75 percent of women have disordered eating uh, are more behaviors that are kind of stemming from diet culture so wanting to cut carbs cut calories uh, change your body mm-hmm. and uh, just anything that kind of goes under that umbrella. Okay, just like you mentioned, this diet culture has its very big effect on eating disorders, and sadly, they feel pretty normal to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this diet culture, and what can you say about its effects on eating disorders? Yeah, so uh, diet culture is so embedded in our culture and it's actually very, um, how can I say, it stems from a time that's like much, much earlier than we would think. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this book I was reading, uh, The Eating Disorder Insider Scoop, I think it was Mm -hmm. called, it talks about this part where 
um, Hippocrates has this line in one of his books where he says that as a recommendation to people, he says that we should eat um, light foods, have uh, like workouts, have a workout routine and that after lunch, for some reason, we should throw up the things that we eat. That's literally um, too much for <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> it's quite shocking. Yes, it really um, is. Even though we don't know if he said this because of weight loss or something else, but uh, but there is the fact that there is this kind of recommendation out there just shows that these disordered behaviors have been promoted for a very long time. And I think diet culture kind of started in like the 1910s around where there's like first mention of cutting calories, mm-hmm. the grapefruit diet. Yep. Um, and then there's like paleo, Atkins, mm-hmm. and, you know, like keto, all of these things that we kind of saw, Weight Watchers, and all of yep. these things are, kind of, are, are part of diet culture, and they all reinforce the notion that we have to change our bodies to be basically happy. Yeah. Uh, so our listeners who have listened to the stories of our friends past few episodes, as you also know, some of them mentioned that they mm-hmm. doubt themselves having eating disorders while listening. Some said they really didn't know what they had also was eat- disordered eating, or some mentioned that they were a bit afraid of having an eating disorder. So how can you understand if you actually have an eating disorder? Um. So I think to be 100% sure if you have an eating disorder or not, you would kind of have to see a professional where they can tell you if mm-hmm. like you can get a diagnosis or not because they're yep. quite uh, detailed. But maybe we can talk about kind of, um, maybe we can help our listeners understand if they have some kind of disordered eating and if yes. they see signs of this, then uh, if they say, if in their mind they think yes I do this to any of the things that I say now then we can say that maybe they have like a disordered uh, relationship with food Um, so cutting calories in order to change your body Uh, cutting food groups because you believe you're going to be healthier Mm -hmm. Uh, having rigid rules around uh, food Uh, trying to suppress your hunger as if it's not like a physical thing like a physical need Mm -hmm. Um, counting macros and like you know all of those obsessive things that can come out like weighing your food uh, (laughs) believing you're only going to be happy (laughs) when you reach like a certain weight or a certain body uh, feeling like you're a failure if you don't uh, exercising after eating because you feel like you have to burn the calories or like throwing up Mm -hmm. and kind of basing your self-worth on your body weight Uh, so what about uh, what are the things you experience the most while you're having sessions with your clients like um, what are the most that you see about disordered eating um I think what I see the most well because I only work in this area I think I see a lot of uh disordered eating but I would have to say like the most common thing that I hear is the last one that I said where a lot of people 
like always have this thought of like what's the problem with me wanting to lose weight I'll just come to a certain weight and then I'll be happy I think that's the one I hear the most so they don't really realize uh, the damage they're doing to their body they're just thinking that they're going to lose a bit of weight and then stop but it doesn't go that way most of the time exactly um, as you also know, our third episode was called Letter to You. Got so much attention that we really appreciate. On that episode, as you also know, we shared a letter for people who struggle with their body image. So we got a few questions about it. What is body image exactly? What can we say? Um, okay, so body image is basically how you see yourself when you look in the mirror or when you picture yourself in your mind. Uh, it's basically how we feel and think about our appearance, our height, shape, weight, hair, mm -hmm. facial features, and how we experience being in like our bodies and like the vessels that we kind mm -hmm. of live our life in. So it's not just about the weight you are, it's actually about how your hair looks, how your face looks, how big your nose mm -hmm. is, how thick your um, lips are. It's, it all mm -hmm. counts. Yes, exactly. It's like a very big, um, it encompasses like a lot of things and it's very, very important because I think it affects everything in our life. The way that we view our, ourselves mm -hmm. is so important. It's, it defines yeah. a lot. So why do you think the amount of people uh, who struggle with their body image become more and more every single day? Okay, so um, I think a lot of factors play here. First of all, I want to say that no matter what someone is going through, if they're struggling with negative body image, mm -hmm. that it's hugely important. It's not like this thing where a lot of people say, oh, like, why do I care about this so much? People have so many other problems in life. Mm -hmm. And it's not like this. It's 100% valid because it defines so much the way that you view yourself. And mm -hmm. I just want to get that out there first. Um, why is it, why is like negative body image more common right now? I would have to say mainly due to like in modern life, we get exposed to around 4,000 media images a day. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge amount. And when you think about the effect that this has on us, there's this thing called mere exposure effect in psychology, which means that when we get exposed to something, uh, mm -hmm. like all the time, we start to believe that this is, we start to see this as more attractive or we start to see it as the norm. And thinking of the messages that we get like uh, exposed to all these movies that we watch, social media, all mm -hmm. these ridiculous bodies and faces kind of thrown at us. Yes. It's very <laughs> natural that we end up feeling unhappy with ourselves. Yes, exactly. They're just perfect, you know, like in the movies mm. we see, we, we seriously don't see a fat person if to say so like a, mm -hmm. a bigger body as starring in a movie we just see perfect mm -hmm. bodies perfect faces all edited or all mm -hmm. going under so many surgeries to look perfect mm -hmm. so that's the reason we exactly. end up feeling bad about ourselves 
most of the time. So how does the one develop neg negative body image? We just explained like because of what we see mm -hmm. and what we have gone through since our childhood, because um, just like we mentioned before, even in the cartoons, you see the fat character as a lazy person mm -hmm. eating chips all the time or who, who is a person that can't do something properly most of the time. Mm -hmm. And they're not even starring in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. There's always that stereotype of uh, like the skinny, I don't know, popular mm -hmm. person with a lot of people yeah. around them, full of love. Everyone wants to be like them or something. And then there's a fat person that's always kind of either left out or super lazy. Yeah. And it's just all of these um, characters because yes. these people are not real people they're characters but they're they always play the same characters and that's why they are kind of in our minds yeah. ingrained like that uh but other than social media there's also kind of mm, our upbringing so how do their how do our parents see their bodies mm -hmm. how much do they that's do to fun. change their own bodies uh, how do they comment about our body? What do they tell us about our body? And that's very important. And also trauma is super important because um, having negative body image can also be about not feeling safe in your body, yeah, feeling exactly. like your body has to be changed to mm -hmm. be happier. And it can be a way of coping with trauma as well. But as a result, uh, this body is actually your home, which is not temporary. The only mm -hmm. home that is going to stay with you your whole life. So mm -hmm. it's like we try to make our houses comfy by changing. We try to change our bodies as well. But actually, mm -hmm. that's not the right thing to do. So can yeah, you... Yeah, it's some like... Can you give some examples of your clients as well? Like, like how they struggle with their body image? Sure. Um, so I was going to say, like, in, in the metaphor that kind of you brought with people wanting to change their house to become, like, mm -hmm. I think the problem with that is just because a lot of the research now shows us that diets fail, that, like, only mm -hmm. 3 to 5% yep. of diets actually work. Yes, exactly. Um, um, other than that, uh, like from my experience working with people that have eating disorders or like disordered eating, um, like what have I seen in like body image? I think I've seen the effect of um, family members a lot, mm -hmm. not to say that they cause it because um, like eating disorders can be caused by many, many things that add mm -hmm. up and at the end lead to an eating disorder. But uh, what I've experienced the most is like some parents, like parents dieting in the house constantly yep. gives a message to children that like, I have to change my own body. You see parents saying stuff like, uh, you have to lose weight for people to love you. No. And yeah, so... Um, I think that's something that I see a lot, that effect. And um, other than that, 
I think what I see a lot is that dream. Uh, you know, the dream of mm-hmm. once I achieve my body goal, once I come to that kind of place that I want to be, mm-hmm. that my life will be completely different. Yes, exactly. Like there's always these things that people put onto that smaller body where they think mm-hmm. once I'm in that smaller body, I'm going to be like this, like this, like this. And it's all these kind of dreams that they kind of build around Mm -hmm. the body. And I see that a lot. I see it every day and it comes out very differently for everyone. Well, I understand Um, them so well because in my mind during my recovery and before my recovery, when I was, you know, struggling with eating disorders, I just thought the skinnier meant the more happier I was. mm. So I can understand them. Yeah, um, you actually, we had this podcast, like the first episodes of this podcast, you also Mm -hmm. shared your story with us. Yes, I did. And um, maybe you can tell us a bit about that too. Like, what was it? Like, what were you telling yourself? What was going to make you, how was that smaller body going to make you happier? Like, what was the details there? Well, I actually didn't think it myself. I was forced to think that skinnier meant the happier. Mm because I was just a bigger kid you know always I Mm. waited more than my classmates always so I was obviously bigger than them and I just got bullied all the time about Mm. my appearance and I was surrounded by the people I was surrounded by the same people when I lost weight too so they're Mm their act towards to me their behavior towards to me was totally changed when I lost weight mm-hmm. I lost around 30 kilograms and they were just more friendly to towards to me and I was just shocked because I didn't think I did anything wrong and I was just the same person as I was when I was fatter but still mm-hmm. to them I was changed somehow and they were just more friendly and more lovely towards to me So that's the reason Mm. I just thought the skinnier I got, it would bring me more happiness. But sadly, let that rest aside, I couldn't even walk properly. I couldn't even chew my own food because I was just Mm. so tired and out of energy all the time when I lost weight. It was just so tiring. I was just sad and alone in the hospital. It's just not worth it because... Then I realized um, the thing I should have done wasn't um, changing my body, but my thoughts about myself. Because Mm. once you realize if you change your thoughts, you change your life, not your body. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Because uh, I think it's very powerful for like people to hear other people's experiences and what they yeah. went through. And it must be hard kind of sharing these things. But mm-hmm. I'm hearing that for you, it was kind of about acceptance and being accepted by other people. Yes, um, exactly. That pursuit of weight loss. But you said something that I think is super important, which is the fact that when you did lose weight yes maybe the way that other people treated you changed but Mm -hmm. the way that you treated yourself maybe didn't change no it didn't at all like I still Mm. was I was even harsher on myself like I wanted to lose even more weight 
even though I was barely mm. alive. I just wanted to mm-hmm. keep losing more because I thought it would bring me more happiness, but it really didn't. Mm. Yeah, so basically it's it's like a very good example of like, even though you came to the body that you kind of wanted to be in, mm-hmm. you saw that, you know, you hit rock bottom or you came to like where you wanted to be and you realized, okay, I'm here, but you know, what's really changed in my life? Did I really achieve what I wanted to? And mm-hmm. it must have been hard to realize that maybe you didn't. But Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying that now you feel better about yourself yes, because I you're changing do. the way that you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. I used to hate the thing I saw when I look in the mirror but now I realize I have a heart that is working super properly to keep me alive I have these legs to keep me walking every single day to wherever I want to my safe place and I and I have these amazing arms that I can hug the people I love the most so this is my home this is the home that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life So I got to accept it somehow. And hating Mm -hmm. it definitely isn't the key. Mm. So um, that's super powerful, I think, to say, like the only way to really, really maybe find that happiness that you're looking for is to be able to accept yourself the way that you are. Yes, exactly. So we all know social media has its effect on people with eating disorders and negative body image thoughts. What can we do to minimize these effects? Um, I think the best things that kind of we can do as individuals is, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that bigger corporations and things can do, yes, but as individuals, course. what we can do is kind of, have more media literacy so basically when you look at media to not just like first of all to filter the media that you see as -hmm. much as you can so that you don't only see like one type of body so you can look at accounts where there's body diversity Mm -hmm. and you can change that like exposure effect that we talked about to make yourself uh have like a better view of bodies like a more expanded view of bodies um to be able to look at messages in the social media and kind of question them and think like you know is this really necessary for me to be happy mm-hmm. and i think because this is also about like a coping mechanism because eating disorders are also coping mechanisms to cope with the hard things in life i think one thing that's also very important is to know that there are other ways of coping with emotions there's always another way of getting what you're trying to get by making your body smaller so if this is self-esteem there's another way to achieve that if it's better relationships there are others there are other ways to achieve this than merely changing your body Mm -hmm. so i kind of want to talk about the diet culture a bit more and i want to share uh, an experience i had as a child I sadly mm-hmm. met uh, the diet culture and at a very early age, I was just 11. And 
I, I just wanted to go to a dietitian. I told my parents that I was getting bullied and I just wanted to go to a dietitian and lose weight, not to get bullied. And they didn't know what to do, but the only choice they had was to take me to a dietitian actually mm-hmm. for me to lose weight. But the dietitian was literally terrible because the woman <laughs> seriously just told me whenever I wanted, cho- I wanted to eat chocolate, a piece of chocolate, even if it's small, I should just get it in my hand, look in the mirror and tell myself, I am not able to eat that. Can you believe <laughs> it? <laughs> like the person That's was, I, I can't believe it. Yes, exactly. So the diet culture and it's, you know, like can't eat foods like chocolates, carbs, fats, actually the things our body needs. And, you know, we're just like flowers, actually. I want to share that metaphor Mm. with you. We're just like flowers in the wild because each flower needs its own um, amount of water and sun, right? Mm -hmm. So as humans even though we're the same we are actually also very different especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to food we need different food we need um different uh, amount of food especially so the diet culture and especially you know counting calories is really unnecessary Mm -hmm. and as you said Mm -hmm. they really do not work because when i went to the, the dietitian i lost around 12 kilograms in a year but then I gained it back next year as 15 kilograms, even more than I lost. Mm-hmm. So they don't really work. Yeah, no. And I love this metaphor. I've never, I'd never heard it before. I'm definitely going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> because it's so true that yes, flowers, I'm sure there's the same flowers, but I'm sure none of them need the same amount of sun and water yep. and it's, it's exactly the same thing for us it's so mechanic and like um not fitting to like humans to say something like you need this mm-hmm. many calories and yes exactly very impossible <laughs> yep and lastly if you were gonna give an advice to a person with an eating disorder or a person who is struggling with the body image what would it be um I think it would be the the topic that we just spoke about a few minutes ago, which is the fact that um, having dreams about a smaller body and expecting a different life when you do achieve that body are all assumptions. They're all Mm -hmm. assumptions that are made in our own minds that are affected by culture and a lot of things. But they're assumptions, they're not real. And uh, I think it's very important to kind of acknowledge that and to think, okay, even though maybe I won't achieve these things when I reach like a smaller body, these are messages to me. They're telling me what I'm looking for to be happy. They're telling me what I'm lacking kind of in my life that I want to achieve. And so I think listen to those messages, ask yourself, what am I telling myself will be different in my life when I achieve a certain weight? And I can promise you there are other ways to reach those goals Mm -hmm. that are not related to your body. Yes, exactly. 
So thank you so much for giving your time to us today. I we really are thank honored you for to having have me. you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming again and hope to see you again sometime. Yes, I will definitely come back. <laughs> see you soon. If you listen till now, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you see you soon on the next episode. Take care.